Hello and welcome to 12 Weeks, a weekly podcast where two friends, Haider, that's me, and Abdul Mahsin, keep each other accountable for the goals we want to achieve, projects we want to complete, and habits we want to develop. Why 12 weeks? Because one year is too long and 30 days is too short for meaningful change. In 12 weeks, we can write books, launch businesses, or lose a good chunk of weight. We share tips and tricks as well as discuss our struggles and celebrate our successes. Listen in for a dose of learning and inspiration. Hello. Hello. Hi, Abdul Mahsin. How are you? Uh, good. How are you? Uh, great. So far, so good. Nice, nice, nice. How's your week, man? Uh, good. Uh, great on one front, and then horrible on the other front. Because I, oh. I had, you know, like, you know, the expression, you had one job. Uh, I, I had two jobs, which was the finishing the outlines and exercising. Uh, and so I overcommitted to one and then ignored the other one. Mike, I guess, yeah. which one that was? Uh, I think you know. <laughs> yeah. So my commitment was to complete uh, two outlines for the, um, for the online courses. And I managed to, to complete all six outlines for the courses, uh, which is great. And it's like a huge relief because, like I said in the previous call, uh, I usually like feel anxious about uh, the the outlining process, and mm. after that, I'm kind of comfortable with the the whole creation, content creation. Uh, but if I don't figure out what the outline is, I feel like I'm lost or I can't proceed. And once that's out of the way, everything uh, feels comfortable. So when I started with few of the courses i'm like i might as well just continue and complete all the other courses to get to get out of that stressful situation uh, but then i kind of ne- neglected uh, some other commitments that i had and i had to catch up with them and uh, usually i ha- if i get mentally caught up in something i can't plan for other things which meant mm. i kind of didn't create mental space for exercise and a few other things. Oh, I see, I see. So, so did, did you finish the six outlines in one sitting? Uh, no, not one sitting. Throughout, I think through, uh, uh, within four days, uh, I managed to complete all the six uh, outlines. And then the rest mm. of the week, I was catching up with uh, other commitments. Mm, I see. And the reason I ask is because, um, so it seems like you've made the decision. I mean, you knew you w- you wanted to focus on exercise as well. Um, and you knew you hit your, let's say, weekly target of two outlines uh, and could have shifted your focus to exercise uh, on the subsequent days, but you went back to the outlines and continued those. Yeah, uh, I really like anything I would say from this point onwards would be making up excuses because <laughs> I really have, I have no reason why I shouldn't have exercised. Like uh, any, any reason for me not exercising is, is an excuse I could have overcome because uh, exercise doesn't take that long. It can take even just four minutes. Uh, but just mentally, I didn't feel I was, ready or like I didn't want to let go of the progress I was making with outlines and and I experienced this in the first few days like early last week Uh, as I was sitting with family I feel like my mind is with the outlines I can't think beyond the outlines but once I completed them I felt I I can see the world I can see people I can (laughs) I can see like my family, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, I th- I think that requires some discipline and practice. Knowing that you have something you're really passionate about, but to say, okay, I need to transition 
to something else, create uh, boundaries for the projects that we work on, because this is what, what being a, a workaholic feels like. It's, it's that you get so uh, obsessed or engaged with a task that you're not able to uh, see other aspects or other dimensions of life. Hmm. I see. Um, and I mean, this is something that I struggle with as well as, um, I mean, we have a few fronts that we want to focus on. So for example, family, um, uh, business uh, and health uh, and maybe a day job. Um, and so do we generally say that, okay, I want to prioritize um, exercise, for example, for this coming month. And so I do put targets for the other aspects I want to focus on, but they're not as stringent or they are not as prioritized as exercise, for example. So uh, in your case, it would be, okay, so yes, I want to focus on exercise. Yes, I want to focus on family. Uh, yes, I have a day job. But in this, let's say, week, the most important aspect was um, those outlines. And so you prioritize those and then you do focus on the others, but you don't have, um, let's say, strict uh, goals set for those. You know what I mean? Uh, I do know what you mean, but I think even if I set goals for them, uh, uh, the, the, uh, so there's decision-making and usually the advice that's given about uh, decision-making is that you have to separate from decision making and execution because once you try to do you once you try to make decisions as you're going along usually you're switching between two mental states the decision making and the execution and that can be draining and sometimes you make poor decisions because in the moment you're not going to make the best choice for example if you say to yourself uh, uh, let me find let me figure out throughout the day when i feel like exercising you'll continue to put it off till the end of the day and then you say i'm too exhausted i can't be bothered but if you set yourself up front at uh, 3 p.m or if a certain condition happens then i will go and the decision has already been made it makes it easier to actually yeah. uh, stick to that decision because you feel like it's already uh, it's uh, already determined. You don't have to uh, make, uh, yeah. you don't have to That's... decide on the spot. Uh, and I feel like I kind of set, uh, maybe it's not even an intention. It, it was just like a, a statement uh, or uh, a wish that I would exercise, but I didn't actually plan it through properly or uh, identified what what are the excuses I might make throughout the day and how do I address them uh, there, there's actually a really interesting book called the okay. Beck diet uh, and the whole book is uh, it was written by the daughter of the person who came up with a cognitive behavioral therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy is mostly about identifying the th the underlying thoughts to our decisions or to our feelings and then addressing those thoughts and coming up with with a story or an argument that makes a better case for whatever we're, we're feeling. So if you say, for example, I feel really, really irritated by what happened at work today. And then as you're thinking through it or trying to, to identify, for example, maybe your boss had a bad day which is why he acted the way he did. If you sort of open yourself up to, to accepting different interpretations of events, you can actually address mm. the problems you're facing. And the whole book, uh, The uh, Beck Diet, it doesn't actually give uh, dietary advice. It just I identifies some thought patterns that prevents us uh, from um, leading healthy lives. For example, and this kind of stuck with me as an example uh, when you feel uh, sometimes when we're on diets we feel deprived because other people can eat whatever they want mm -hmm. to eat and we can't 
so this creates a sort of a victim mindset and you feel why can't i have it what what makes my situation different uh, so the whole book is just identifying thought patterns that get in the way of uh, achieving our goals and uh, that kind of approach i feel it's it makes sense especially uh, so going back to the example of uh, exercise sometimes we we or i personally talk my way out of the exercise uh, or exercising because i say to myself an argument that makes sense at the time but looking back at it it really doesn't like let me just finish this outline even though it's going to take me 3 hours and exercising is going to take me what like 15 minutes so you know sometimes i feel like i have to catch myself uh, falling into a mental trap where i convince myself of something that doesn't make sense i have to say hold on really is this your argument come on like just get get the exercise but uh, and then but like uh, okay um, without be- becoming too philosophical is is it the right thing to do like if you're in a state of flow creating those outlines is it isn't it actually better to say uh, i mean it's okay i'm going to sacrifice uh, achieving my exercise goal uh, because i know right now i'm in a state of flow with the current thing that i'm trying to accomplish in your case it's the it's the outlines and then uh you, you sort of you run this uh uh narrative in your mind that uh yes i'm going to let go and i'm going to accept that i'm going to continue with these outlines uh and i understand that the consequences are uh not committing to exercise does that make sense uh, okay uh, before i Uh, I, uh, it does but before i uh, address that I, i think it's worth uh, remembering because we don't want to get into too much theory like just remembering that the whole point of this 12 week program is for us to actually uh, apply the advice that we know and then see if it works for us or it doesn't so some ideas maybe in theory they sound like they seem to have made sense but when you apply them they're either more difficult than we anticipated or they simply don't work for us so to answer your question uh, i'm not entirely sure but here's what i've sort of read and what i feel like i need to apply and again i need to uh, experience it to see whether whether the advice works or doesn't uh, when it comes to flow uh, what i've heard or even uh, creativity coming up with uh, ideas usually when you have a breaks and uh, actually uh, moving like a lot of people when they wanted to come up with breakthrough uh, ideas they uh, stepped away from the work in order for them to uh, gain perspective or uh, to connect different sort of experiences or thoughts into a single uh, insight So and I've seen this mentioned a lot actually when it comes to writing when it comes to uh, creatives scientists uh, technologists for them to to actually come up with a breakthrough it usually happens uh, outside of work you know that uh, the um, the famous uh, uh, mm. expression eureka uh, i think it was archimedes who said it and he he was having a bath or even the idea of uh, Isaac Newton having a uh, an apple fall on his head uh, okay maybe it, it's uh, it's a bit exaggerated or it's not uh, uh, what's it what's the word like it's um uh, anecdotal or like um, it, it's not really what happened but the idea that insight comes um, away from work uh, seems to be supported by a lot of uh, scientific evidence Uh, there is this uh, uh, course uh, on Coursera called learning how to learn uh, and one of the the like um, one of the uh, principles within that course is that uh, there's there are two um, mental modes that we're in focused mode is where we're actually working directly on a task and diffuse mode 
as when we're not working on the task, but our brain continuously works uh, on the task itself. So in diffuse mode, we're actually making connections between uh, different experiences or between different sets of facts. But when we're focused, we're actually dealing with, uh, with individual facts or ind individual ideas, and we're not making those sort of uh, connections between them. So uh, it seems like even if I, I am in flow, taking a break or going for a walk would actually enhance the flow rather than uh, impede it or enhance uh, my ability to make connections or to, to uh, sort of reach insights mm. as a That's result. That's interesting. Mm. I'm not sure if you've experienced that before, like when you're working on a design for Trey, for example, when you step away from the work, you actually begin to see a different uh, perspective or you make connections yeah. while yeah. having dinner, for example. It's because yeah, that's, that's actually that that's very true um, from experience. So um, one thing that I've started doing or have been doing for the past, let's say, six months to a year almost, is um, I usually have uh, my... Uh, I usually get ideas for articles or posts that I want to write about uh, when I'm either driving or uh, at the gym. And so what I do is, um, because I don't have a pen and paper at the moment or I cannot write, uh, what I do is I just pull up my uh, yeah. phone's camera and I just uh, videotape myself um, talking, like talking to myself and explaining the idea that just popped in my mind. Uh, just to save it for later. And so if you go to, to the, to my, yeah, so if you go to the photos oh. gallery on my phone, it's all uh, uh, like short clips of me basically talking. Um, and and if, if you look at the, like the background, it's always either in my car or at the gym or walking from one place to another. Uh, and, and it seems like that's when I get most of my ideas. Um, so yeah, what you're saying actually does make sense. Yeah, uh, that's an excellent uh, tip. Actually, I'm gonna make use of that, like uh, capturing ideas while uh, yeah, and, and if and, I go to the gym and 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 when you start doing that and then look back at like let's say the last five videos that you've taken or ten videos you have, that you've taken and just sort of focus on where have the, where have these uh, video has been taken. Um, it's actually very interesting just to see that, oh, it seems, yeah, it seems like I get most oh, of nice. my ideas when I'm at the gym, you know, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you actually reminded me of someone that I met. We, we were at a, at a lunch and uh, I mentioned something and then he, he immediately grabbed his phone and he's like, can I record you <laughs> explaining the idea? Uh, because he didn't, because he didn't want to take notes, and then sometimes the notes uh, are lacking in context, or maybe they're open to interpretation. So he actually wanted to record it as a, a voice note, uh, and I found that approach uh, interesting because he's able uh, the the way of uh, capturing information seems like. Uh, it's, a new it's, it's very effective, very handy. I mean, I know there are a bunch of apps, bunch of tools, um, but I mean, the, the situation dictates how you record your ideas. And when I'm driving, I, I cannot pull up a, a pen and paper. Um, I cannot write on my phone. And so I just default to yeah. um, taking a video. It's most convenient. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. And that's... Uh... For me, that would actually serve two purposes. One is being comfortable speaking to the camera, uh, and the other one is actually capturing the. Yeah. the and ideas. and I'll, I'll just add one thing to that. Um, so sometimes I, I take a video explaining an idea, and then I'd, I'd go back to it, I'd go back to the idea or that video uh, maybe two weeks, three weeks later when I'm looking for something to write about. Uh, and sometimes I listen to myself and be like, okay, I, ha I really had nothing to say there. <laughs> I was just laughing. And so I just di discard it. I feel like there is no depth to that idea. Oh. And then I just discard it. But, th but the really interesting thing is when, when you're talking to the camera, uh, you, you're, you're just throwing 
uh, out what you have in mind. Um, there is no quality gate. Uh, and, and I feel that that's effective. I let the quality gate come later to, to judge whether this is an idea okay. or not. When, when we're writing, sometimes we're conscious about what we're writing, uh, simply, simply because that writing happens yeah. um, uh, with a bit more focus. Like you're there and you're writing, especially if it's pen and paper, and you're focusing on when, what you're writing. So you might start writing a sentence and then be like, okay, no, 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 I, this is nothing. And then just erase everything that you've written. Whereas in a video, you just talk for three minutes and then just pause, I mean, stop the video and it's automatically saved. Yeah. yeah. It's very similar to the writing advice to write drunk mm. and edit sober. Uh, because you, you want to split between the writing process or in, in the case of capturing the idea with video is that you you just want to capture the idea or maybe just elaborate yeah. on what came to mind but if you focus on making it a quality video you you may distract yourself from yeah. just capturing yeah, the idea. so you, you want to use the method with least um let's say uh analysis or with least um, what's the word i'm looking for yeah, yeah, yeah. The Polishing, least polished method. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so since I guess since we're talking about um, uh, ebooks, outlines, and things like that, um, so you said you're done with the with six outlines, yes? Yeah. Uh, the the what I mean by outline is that it's the overall structure of the course of each of the courses that I'm working on. And the next step would be to, to write out the script based on the, the outline that I've created. And uh, sometimes I like to think of it in two steps as structure, the outline being the, the general structure, and then the sequence of ideas as, as I delve deeper into the outline. And sometimes w while I'm sort of working on the sequence, I realize that the actual outline needs mm. a bit of uh, adjusting because I may realize that I can't really begin with this idea as the first thing because I need to set the stage for that idea. So there's going to be a bit of tweaking, but at least I know what the general direction and uh, mm. what mm. I need to flesh out. So, uh, so uh, I, again, the outline may be adjusted, uh, but... I needed it mm -hmm. to set my and, um, So, so uh, your courses are about, um, let's say, if I were to give them a theme, it's uh, self-development, uh, it's a bit of entrepreneurship. Uh, would that be accurate? Is that an accurate statement? Uh, actually, uh, uh, very accurate, but these are uh, two separate themes. So I would say, Three of the courses are to do with personal development or um, uh, designing your life. And then three are to do with uh, that have uh, that are either to do with entrepreneurship or have the potential okay. to become entrepreneurial. So the writing course, for example, I consider writing to be a life skill, but also something you can turn turn into okay uh, and, and the reason i i bring that up is because um not creating but consuming reading other people's books other people taking other people's courses uh and specifically in those uh subjects what i found to be the structure of things is is always let's say um talking about how other authors or, or other uh, uh, people's advice has been uh, or has advocated for and then dismissing it and then let's say explaining why that doesn't work uh, and then being like but here's how you're gonna like achieve this thing and then they present their concepts and then they start opening their concepts up so it always seems to start with dismissing everything that has been said and done before and then instead being like here's how you should do it but, you know what I mean so uh, yeah, that does make sense, especially, uh, uh, okay, there are uh, two reasons why you would want to do that. Uh, one is to highlight your value proposition, as in, why have you created yet another productivity course? 
what makes you different from other entrepreneurial programs. So that you need to draw a strong contrast between the two. Uh, and the other one is sometimes you do want your uh, viewers or your like the course participants to unlearn what mm. they've learned from other courses. Because sometimes the approach that other courses take uh, is either deficient or it can be dangerous in terms of, uh, for example, with entrepreneurship, uh, if people are showcasing or they say that uh, entrepreneurship is about uh, freedom and you're going to enjoy the process, that kind of thing, I think that's a dangerous idea because it sometimes sets uh, wrong expectations in that everything's going to be easy or uh, you're going to have less commitments mm. than an actual job. Uh, for me, at least you need to know what you're getting yourself into if you want to become an entrepreneur. So maybe that would be something that I can co uh, contrast an idea with mm. what others have said. Uh, but one thing I do, uh, so not in terms of what other courses have taught, uh, <clears throat> when it comes to which course? Uh, uh, life balance. I think life balance, there are a lot of misconceptions about it uh, because uh, there are, I would say, two main misconceptions. Uh, one is that uh, life balance is about uh, that you always have to be in balance. <clears throat> so if, uh, if you have a big project, then you still need to, uh, to contain it to eight hours of work. But sometimes, there, again, it depends on the kind of work that the person is doing, uh, that uh, it's okay to have a few crisis situations. For example, you're preparing for a huge event. It may be that you will have to work 12 hours, 16 mm. hours, whatever it may be. It may not seem balanced, but it's what, what's required within that project, and it's not a chronic situation. So I would be strongly against it if that's, that's how you function on a day-to-day -day basis for extended periods of time. That would be unhealthy. But if it happens once every three months or whatever, I think it's possible. It's, it's okay. So having that unrealistic expectation where you always have to be balanced, uh, I, I consider it a destructive idea. Uh, and especially like the analogy that's usually given about balance is that it's, a, it's like riding a bike. But if you're, for example, if you're on like a muddy terrain, the most reasonable thing for you to do is to get off the bike. That's, that's the most logical thing you can do. Like trying to pedal a bike in, mm -hmm. in mud doesn't make sense. So the same with life balance. Sometimes you have to get off the bike and accept you can't function in the same balanced situation had everything, everything been stable. So uh, I think that's one very common misconception. And the other one is that uh, people assume that uh, balance means uh, you play it safe or uh, everything has to be um, uh, organized or average, like you should aim for mediocrity in order to, to lead a balanced life. But for me, it's uh, leading a balanced life means leading a full life. So you want to make the most out of every dimension uh, of your life but you don't uh, uh, you, uh, you don't you don't want to create unhealthy uh, obsessions about a certain area for example uh, you want to uh, write a best selling book it doesn't mean that you completely neglect mm -hmm. other life areas because those uh, life areas are going to feed into um the success within that area. So for example, the past week I didn't exercise because I was so obsessed with, uh, with my courses. But if that pattern continues, then I wouldn't have enough uh, energy and I wouldn't be productive enough to actually work uh, on, on the courses for an extended period of time. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Makes sense. Um, uh, one of, one of the ways I, I, I see this is, um, unlearning or um, uh, dismissing what others have said about the subject before you introduce your value proposition. I feel like there's another benefit of, it gives you positioning 
Um, so for example, um, one of my favorite uh, entrepreneurs is a guy called Paul Jarvis. And uh, if you know the guy, you know that he's against uh, growth, growth in, in the traditional sense. So if you have a product, if you have a business, um, we're always told. Yes. Uh, he's the author yes, of Company the Company of One. I have yet to read one, that right? book, but I'm really yes. excited to read it. I want to order it and read it just because, I mean, okay, so here's why it resonates with me. It's because he's trying to uh, un teach you to unlearn uh, this concept of in order for your business to grow, in order for your product to grow, you need to grow on assets, uh, build more products, uh, grow your team, uh, raise more uh, money. Uh, all those traditional uh, uh, moves that companies do in order to grow. Um, and so yeah. this, what this does for him is it, it positions him. So now he's known as the guy that advocates for being a company of one. Uh, and how to scale a, a company of one in the non-traditional sense. Uh, you know what I mean? So he spends a good portion of time uh, yes. uh, teaching, pe teaching people how to unlearn that or, or uh, break those um, common, uh, break that status quo. Uh, and what it did for him is it positioned his work and himself uh, as a personal brand, let's say, or whatever. Uh, and so for me personally, yes. I'm a, I, it resonated with me. I'm a person that's also against growth for the sake of growth. Um, I believe in a company of one. And, and so the fact that he spent so much time uh, before he presents his value proposition, uh, uh, position, positioned his work to the people that he wanted to reach. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I completely agree with this. So he, because with any idea, there are people that will, will disagree with it. So you need to actively express your disagreement in order to, uh, to, to actually sort of um, become like a honeypot or you, you bring the people that, are, that agree with this, that agree with you and disagree with a common cultural narrative yeah. to actually come to you. So, for example, there are many people who uh, talk about like the toxicity within the Silicon Valley culture. Because you've, you've positioned yourself being against something, those who are already against it can agree with you and uh, mm. uh, give you their attention. Okay, very, very interesting. Yeah, because uh, I mean, as, as we're discussing this, uh, in the back of my mind is the sort of uh, ebook that I'm trying to create. Uh, and, and I do, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not intentional, but I do see myself doing the same thing. Um, which is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, but sir, uh, can we take a step back and can you give me a, like, uh, just uh, update okay, me yeah. on so, your past week uh, in terms of your goals and then okay. what went well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that discussion was, was great, so I got carried away there. But, um, okay, so for the ebook, uh, last week I had, uh, I finished the outline. Uh, or no, the, uh, two weeks back, I finished my outline. So in this past week, um, I started writing the intro um, of that book. Uh, I also uh, started looking for an illustrator um, to bring those concepts, uh, some of the concepts uh, to life uh, for purposes of sharing through social media or uh, and whatnot. Um, and the, the way, the way I'm, do, the reason I'm doing this right now, seeking an illustrator, um, is because I want to start, uh, uh, I mean, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? So I, I want to start building up some hype for the, for the, uh, or interest for the ebook before the ebook is complete. Um, presenting some of the concepts in small snippet forms on social media, uh, before completing the actual, uh, book. Um, so I started looking for an illustrator. The other thing I, I've done with regards to the ebook is um, for a day, I started, uh, I began thinking about uh, what if I did this ebook in a, an audio version? So it would be something like a, a, a one season podcast uh, where I just uh, narrate uh, the written content. Um, and the reason I started thinking about that is because 
uh, I was thinking of distribution uh, and that most people probably don't read, let's say. Um, and maybe a lot of people right now are listening to uh, content. Uh, and so that's why uh, I, I sort of explored this, this idea of creating an audio version of it. Um, that's about it for the, for the ebook. Uh, not much progress, I'd say. Um, yeah. Um, okay, sorry, can I, uh, can I ask a question? Uh, when it came to the to writing the intro, uh, what was the experience um, like? Did you, did you feel like you were able to go into the flow? Uh, not writing? really. I started off pretty well. Um, I had a uh, like I started uh, in, in a story mode uh, about a guy that was standing in line at Starbucks and whatnot. Uh, but then when I finished that uh, intro, I looked back and I was like, hmm, no, that would fit better in a book that helps you validate ideas and not come up with, <laughs> with ideas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, so okay. so yes. I parked it to the side and I went back and wrote it again. And when I tried to write uh, again, uh, it was less flowy, let's say. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, there's a reason why I asked this, because I usually uh, recommend to writers to write the oh, intro at okay. the very end. Yes, because the intro is usually, it covers, or it, uh, it provides an overview uh, of the book itself, and there's likelihood that there will be, uh, there, uh, there are two things. There's likelihood that... Um, uh, there uh, that you uh, uh, okay uh, you may, uh, uh, I got caught up uh, so the reason why you write an intro at the end is because uh, one there may be changes to the outline and so you're trying to capture something that you've not actually established uh, well enough to be able to write an intro about it there may be some adjustments so that sort of sense of uh, uncertainty makes it difficult to write the intro. And the other reason is you've not uh, sort of immersed yourself in the ideas enough to be able to create uh, an overview within the, uh, within the intro. So because the intro, in a way, it would encompass broad ideas that, you'll be, mm. that will be included in the ebook mm. or in any book. So it makes sense to, to write, uh, and this also applies to writing a thesis or like uh, a research uh, re uh, report or a document. Uh, when, you, when you want to create the intro at the very beginning, you don't have enough knowledge mm. to be able to do that. You would need to complete everything else mm. and then That makes a lot of sense. Intro. I, I'm actually going to do that. Um, I, I did write an intro, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna go back and correct it or change it. I'm gonna proceed knowing that the intro isn't done and I'm just gonna start writing um, or let's say filling up the, the outline. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my hunch would be after you finish writing the ebook, uh, you will feel like okay. the intro yeah. needs yeah. a lot of change. No, that, that, that's very logical, uh, it makes sense. Yeah, so I guess yeah, so I guess for this week, um, I do want to start um, filling up the main bullet or main headings that I have for the ebook, the main ideas. Start writing those out. Um, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, great. And if I can ask also, uh, why, when it comes to creating an audio version, uh, first of all, uh, there's a guy yeah. called Sean West. And he yeah. wrote a book called Overlap. He's he's uh, like a lettering expert, so he's considered a designer. But he also writes a lot of content about being a creative and uh, producing content, that kind of thing. Uh, if I recall correctly, Overlap was about. Um, so so I, uh, I actually forgot. Surprisingly, I read that book. Think. Within this past month, <laughs> so I'm surprised you brought it. Yeah, so, so overlap. Oh, is, uh, so he did, and, and overlap. His basic idea is don't quit your day job, uh, overlap uh, jobs. 
So you overlap a day job with a side yes. hustle and things like okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, I was going in that direction, but then I was like, is it an overlap between skills yeah. or between jobs? So, so okay. I'm glad you clarified that. Because the reason why I brought it up, because he was the first person I see uh, publish an audio book, not as on Audible, but as a oh. podcast. He actually, the audio version of the book. I didn't know that. Is I, I read the book. The book is available. By the way, I, I do recommend that book. I don't know if you've complete, finished it. I didn't finish it myself, but it's a really interesting book. His, his yeah. ideas are interesting. Uh, and it's available for free online. So let's make sure we, we write that in the show notes. I think it's interesting for people to check out. Um, okay. and, and I just want to elaborate on his concept because I do quite like it. And his idea is you're not just overlapping a day job with a side, side hustle or side gig. Let's say you do uh, transition from a day job to a side hustle. Once that side hustle becomes your main thing, you also want to overlap that main thing with, with something else. So it's this this perspective that you should always be experimenting on the side, um, yeah. Oh, nice. because we okay. we generally think of overlapping in terms of I have a day job, and then I'm doing something else on the side. But it's not always overlapping a day job with something. It could be overlapping a side hustle with another side side yes. hustle. Let's say. As in, uh, even if your job yep. becomes your passion. You should have another yes. side yes. passion. Yes, absolutely, for you to absolutely. Yeah, but, um, but I didn't know that the, he he did the audio version as a podcast. I'm gonna check that out. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but I'm also curious to know why he did it that way because maybe the the audience that he targets are more comfortable listening to podcasts <laughs> than audiobooks. But for me, my, my instinct, instinctive approach would be to create an audio book and maybe make it available through Audible rather yeah. than think of it as a podcast. So I was curious to know yeah. why you thought of it in that way. As you know, I, I'm, I'm going to make a guess and it's a wild guess and it's based on, uh, it's not based on insight. Like I didn't talk to the person, Sean West, but I think there's a... Um, there's fatigue when it comes to uh, how we consume content. So for example, there are tons and tons of courses. Uh, there are tons and tons of uh, uh, books written. There are tons of eBooks. There are tons of audible um, titles. Uh, but I, I'd venture to say that there are very few books, audio books that are delivered as a podcast. You know what I mean? So it's just the idea of doing something different, just bringing okay. something different that might bring okay. some new way of distribution, let's say. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, he, he's using a platform where there's yes. less noise and more of a yes. chance for his yes. book to stand out. Versus then uh, versus yes. competing with other books. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's, uh, I mean, okay. So I, I'm sure many of you know, about, or many of the listeners know about a guy called Seth Godin. Uh, he's a marketing guru, and uh, he actually inspired this idea uh, that why not do it in an audio version. Uh, he has a podcast called, uh, yeah. So he has a podcast oh, called Akimbo, okay. um, and every episode is, let's say, I think 20 minutes. It's, it's not long. And each episode is a, is a separate independent uh, idea uh, about building products, about uh, marketing uh, and entrepreneurship in general. Um, so if you think about it, all, all what he's doing is it's, it's, he, it, this could be an article and, and on a blog, but instead he's decided to narrate it. And obviously he's really good at that. Um, and so that's where the, the, the idea came from. Like, what if I could do something similar? Okay. You know, there's something really interesting about um, the way Seth Godin um, uh, blogs. Uh, somebody made this observation, and it, it may be true, uh, or it may be true, but regardless, I think it's a very useful idea when it comes to content creation. Uh, he said... It seems like because uh, Seth uh, Godin, he 
publishes on a daily basis. Mm. He blogs daily. So somebody said, it seems like Seth is sharing snippets from emails mm. that he's written. Mm. Okay, so because it, sometimes it becomes very easy for you to communicate one-on-one with someone and you want to explain to them a principle, but that principle is applicable to many yeah. other uh, people. And the idea of re- repurposing emails, I feel, is a very useful approach when it comes to mm. content creation, uh, whether it's email or conversations. So having a conversation, speaking to someone, and then using that conversation as a means of uh, publishing or blogging, I think that's mm. an interesting idea. And uh, there's a saying, I can't remember who said it, um, uh, email is where uh, keystrokes mm. go to die. Because uh, uh, there's this idea that in our lifetimes, we're going to have, we have a finite number of keystrokes, actual typing we can do. Uh, and then it depends on what, how we're investing those keystrokes. Are, are they being written uh, on, uh, for an article that can be spread uh, on the in- uh, internet? Or are we wasting those keystrokes on a mm. one-on-one conversation where the content would be, would be mm. valuable to other people? It's just that we've chosen the wrong platform yeah. to communicate yeah. those ideas. And, uh, and the, uh, that kind of approach of turning emails into blog posts seems to be a way of like saving those keystrokes rather than having them go to waste in an email to actually publish them to to extend yeah. the yeah. value that and and, and sticking with Seth Godin his the, the blog posts you're talking about which you're saying are extracted from emails they are yeah possibly, possibly. Uh, they are let's say tweetable uh, that's a word. They're short blog posts. They're not long, and he could he could tweet them if he wanted to. But if you check his Twitter account, all it is is just backlinks to his blog posts. And when you go to that blog post, it's a very short, very very short. Like it's one paragraph, or sometimes at extreme times, two or three sentences. That's it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Seth actually spoke about this, and he said. Uh, if you email Seth Godin, he will mm. actually reply to your email. Uh, and he does okay. email really well. When it comes to social media, he said that he knows, based on his work routines, he's not going to be uh, the best at social media. So he doesn't attempt to be the best. And so on on his Twitter account, I believe it's an automated uh, a tweet that just sends out a link to the blog post when, once he uh, posts a blog post. So it's not, uh, he's actually, he doesn't yeah. actually have a Twitter presence, which is why he's not making, he is not uh, cr- uh, providing or he's not publishing his content on Twitter. He writes in a tweetable way that makes it easier for others to share okay. his uh, see, ideas on Twitter. And, and, I, I think the theme we're starting to go towards is distribution, right? Uh, are they simply, uh, so Seth Godin, Sean West, uh, the people we're talking about right now, are they just doing something different for the sake of doing something different or are they doing it for a reason? Um, I think it's partly to be different, but also partly they're thinking of distribution. So yeah. yeah. Yes. I agree. It's actually optimizing distribution and operations. If a person knows he's going to spend a lot of time on Twitter, that will take him away from writing books, for example, or maintaining his blog. There's a trade-off he needs to take into consideration. Do I incorporate this into my workflow and um, compromise my uh, content creation? Or do I uh, focus on content creation? uh, sticking with, 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 with that idea of distribution, um, I ran a poll before we started this uh, 12 weeks podcast, uh, just asking uh, my followers, like, uh, where do you consume podcasts? And the majority said it's on their commute. Um, so going to and from work. 
Um, and so I think written content is less consumed um, to and from a, a, a place. Uh, yeah, 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 I, I hope, I hope so. so. Um, and so that's, that's what got me thinking. Like, is a podcast or an audio version of my articles better for it to dis- for it to distribute or for it to be consumed by people, um, and that and that's why for that one day in this past week, I was legitimately thinking about going with an audio version. Uh, for me, I think it it has a lot to do with the information density. If if you feel like people are going going to take a lot of notes as a result of reading your book, it becomes too much for a commute. But if it's conversational, if it's general ideas, if, it's, if it feels like there, there's, for example, out of the whole book, there are three key takeaways and you're just elaborating on these, uh, it makes more sense to, or it would make sense mm. to do it mm. as an audio yeah. uh, version. For me personally, if a, a book, because... I rely a lot on uh, Audible, and I use it uh, during my commutes. But if I feel the book is dense, I'm actually put off from listening to it in my commute because I feel like I need to take notes, mm. and I'm not able to. Mm. Uh, at least, not in a I've, I've never used Audible to be honest. What is that like compared to podcasts? Like, is it broken down? Like, if, in a podcast, if if you're doing like simple short stories, like Seth Godin does. Um, where each story fits into a 15-minute uh, narration. Uh, can, can you break those down in an, in an audible format? Can you break? You can, okay. Yes, so audible has, uh, yeah, it mm. does have chapters and uh, users w- would be in control of navigating as well, like go, uh, skipping chapters and mm. moving I'm... between chapters. I, I would highly yeah. recommend ad- uh, audible. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll if you've not used it before, I'll send you okay. a free book. Uh, that okay, very that will get you. Yeah, into because it. I'm trying I'm trying to break down why would someone like Sean West or Seth Godin go for a podcast, storytelling through a podcast as opposed to Audible. Um, like, is there any other reason besides just more distribution, being on more uh, screens or people's screens? Let's say. Um, I, I think it depends on the audience. I think it depends on the nature of the offering. Because even for me, the way I see it, I don't see podcasts as products. I see them as uh, marketing channels or as, mm. uh, again, distribution channel. So if he wants to share ideas, maybe it makes more sense as a podcast. And then sometimes it, it does depend on uh, where where are people uh, currently spending their time and how can you make your offering as yeah. accessible to them as possible? Like how in Kuwait, people use Instagram as a way of Ooh. selling products because people are already spending their time on Instagram. You don't need an, uh, like, uh, you don't need, um, an e-commerce platform or a website Sorry. to make the sale. It, it becomes more convenient if you do it yeah. Instagram and WhatsApp. People are really comfortable. They don't feel like hmm. they need to learn. And, and, and I think you hinted on uh, something we did not discuss, which is monetization. Um, if, if you're doing it in a podcast, it would be free for people, I guess, to listen in. Um, and so they consume your content for free. They don't have to pay. Um, but then you make money through an advertisement, uh, let's say. As opposed to if you do it as an ebook, yes, I don't think. Okay, maybe this is interesting or something to look into. But I haven't consumed an ebook or read an ebook where uh, it's free, but there are advertisements throughout the ebook. Have you? Yeah, so. I haven't. But it can be done as uh, you know, a product placements, as in within the ebook. You say, oh, yeah. like I, affiliate, I highly recommend. Book this product or that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, maybe. and so, and so may, maybe that's a, a reason that tips the scale towards a podcast as opposed to an ebook. that you think that you would, that people would be less likely to pay 
to consume your ideas. Um, but if you get them in front of enough people, then you would make decent money out of the out of an advertisement. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how, why Seth and Sean use the uh, podcast platform. Mm. Maybe we can ask them. But um, when it comes to sometimes it's just the expectations that people have. For example, if you sell an ebook on your own website and it's $27, people may be willing to pay. But then if you sell the same ebook on uh, Amazon or for the Kindle, you feel like, whoa, 27 yeah, is a lot of money. Because the price anchoring within Amazon is you would expect yeah. it to be $9.99, not anything yeah. above that. Okay, we're nearing. Yeah, that was an one interesting hour. conversation. I enjoyed this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so uh, for the week ahead, uh, did you have any updates? Yeah, so, about so re- really quick, let's say this is a burst of 30 second update for Trey. So, we went back and forth with China, and the product designer fixed some issues uh, there. Um, everything is okay now. I'm waiting for them to send me a uh, quote an updated quote. Uh, and at the same time, I, uh, I am trying to produce in Kuwait 15 to 20 pieces just to start selling uh, with the current design. Um, and I went with a friend to Shweikh to uh, fix up the sample that I had, and I did fix it. And so for the past two to three days, I have been using Trey, and I am currently using it um, as we speak. Um, and so it's, it's progressing really nicely. I've, I've enjoyed this past week when it comes to, to trade. Um, yeah, so that's the update. Okay. Okay. And, okay, uh, Jim, Jim going again, going to in 30 seconds, really quick. I said, yeah, I wanted yes. to go four times a week. Again, this past week, I only went three times. So I'm considering a change in the way I measure that, um, that goal. Uh, and what I'm thinking about is to measure it in terms of steps. So um, I'd measure the average uh, number of steps I'm doing per day. Um, and each time I go to the gym, that would account for 10,000 steps. So I've equated one time at the gym to 10,000 steps. Um, and, the reason I, and the reason I'm considering this is because I'm, the, the whole intent uh, is to be healthy, is to be uh, in good shape and not necessarily to be muscular. So I was thinking, how else can I be healthy and stay uh, in good shape um, through other means besides going to the gym? So so walking around more okay. uh, is more manageable, more doable. So I'll, I'll explore that uh, in this coming week and then I'll give an update next time. Okay, excellent. So you've found a solution that's more convenient for you as opposed to being fixated on yes. simply going yes. to the gym. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Uh, for the week so week ahead, ahead um, experiment with this new approach in terms of steps. Um, I want to start writing uh, good chunks of the ebook and uh, not focus on the intro, uh, as I've taken away from you. Um, and then uh, definitely get a, a word back from China uh, and start producing uh, more samples in Kuwait of this thing, of the uh, tray. Yeah, that's about it for you. Okay, excellent. Uh, for me, I would like to, again, commit to uh, exercise. And uh, also, I want to find a way where I can capture my progress uh, in all aspects of my life, because I feel like, uh, as an example, I've listened to a couple of books uh, in the past week, but I've not actually in- incorporated that as uh, progress uh, within the week. Uh, you know, sometimes you spend time, you've, you've made progress, but because you're not tracking it, it seems mm-hmm. like that progress does not exist. So I want to find a way of tracking progress uh, across different life areas in terms of time spent with family, uh, what, what fun things did we do as a family, uh, what books have I read? How did I advance okay. in my learning? That okay. kind of thing. Very interesting. 
Uh, so capture progress. Okay. And all okay. Um, okay. I'm I'm gonna send you. Uh, let's let's just throw this out in the show notes. Um, just this morning, I've I've heard about an app called Streaks. I don't know if you've heard about it. It has like an orange background, um, uh-huh. and it helps you uh, track yeah. different different habits. But it seems to be very intuitive, very simple, which is why people are raving about it. Um, I still didn't check it out though. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, and uh, we'll be in touch very soon. And See I'll speak then. to you next week. You too. Bye-bye. Have a great week. If you found this episode useful, we would highly appreciate it if you can spread the word and share the love. And if you're inspired to start your own 12 weeks, find yourself an accountability partner and don't delay this any further. Aim for progress, not perfection. It's time to apply what you know to make the changes you want to see in your life. That's it from us for this week. See you next week.